This is Albuquerque Now. We're with Harris Smith. He's a dean at UNM's College of Fine Arts. He was recently came on board in August of 2020. He is currently the chair of the Department of Theater at the University of Utah. He also was a director of the Johnny Carson of Theater and Film at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. He received a Meritorious Achievement Award from the Kennedy Center American College Theater Festival for Fight Choreography. Tell me, what does fight choreography look like in that kind of setting? In theater, what it's called is we call it the dance of death. Um, if you're doing it correctly, yes, we want to create this the illusion that the two actors or combatants are against one another, but they should be moving pretty much in unison. Um, that's one of the, the safety tools we use to keep our, we call it actor combatants safe on stage. And then they're dancing together, they just happen to have weapons in their hands. Okay. <laughs> so it's not like Bruce Lee where they're basically kicking the crap out of yeah, each other, no, right? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> and there's a big difference between, you know, film fighting or film stunts versus theatrical fighting for a lot of different reasons. And, and mainly with film, it's very small and precise and you can control where the audience looks. With uh, fight choreography for the stage, you have to create this picture for the stage you also need to have bigger movements because you're performing for houses that are anywhere from 300 to a couple of thousand people so the movements are much bigger and much larger on film they would look comedic i wanted to ask you this i was reading about that unm wants to be a destination university and i wanted to ask you what is in your mind what does that look like as an institution student life and then supports after college? Good question. Um, for me, when I break it down to a college level, we want to make sure our students are prepared for the real world. Of course, everyone's going to say that. So what does that look like? For us, we've been having a lot of conversations about being interdisciplinary and making sure that your students are lifelong learners. So yeah, they're going to get their degree, their piece of paper but they continue, they'll continue to need to adapt to the work environment. And so those are the kind of students we're trying to develop going out into the real world. And we have faculty that set that example that are involved with interdisciplinary opportunities and research. We have the arts and medicine, we have uh, arts and ecology, we have the land arts of the American West, we have our bachelor's of arts and interdisciplinary studies business leadership program. So yes, our students are gonna learn the basics and study the classics and things of that nature, but we also want them to be employable. And that's always been my approach before I got into academia. As an actor, I would try to do theater, film, worked as a fight choreographer or an actor combatant and was able to do okay and, and pay the bills. Uh, and now that I'm in academia, they call that being interdisciplinary. I used to call it being a working actor or a working artist is what I would call it. So I want our students to have those same opportunities and so does our faculty and they, they work well with our students and guiding them and supporting them. 
and bringing in guest artists to help them network and see that there's people that are doing different things and, and traditional art as well and making a living and contributing. Yeah, I wanted to read this uh, online article. It says, Life After a Musical Theater Degree. It was written by uh, Gretchen Midgley. I hope I pronounced that right. Mostly, uh, it's an interesting interlude of just basically her experiences at college. But what she kind of winds up with, I was especially interested. And she writes, But what happens when those jobs end and we don't have a performing opportunity lined up and we're settling into our day jobs to make ends meet? We have lived in a bubble of constant productions and performance opportunities, weekly private voice lessons, daily dance lessons, uh, monologues and audition coaching, readily available practice spaces, which, you know, that's going to go away. And most importantly, a family of students and faculty who have pushed us, believed in us, and acted as our personal cheerleaders. So what do you do when you're not surrounded by those resources 24-7 any longer, which is what the real world is? Well, that's part of it. Our faculty, again, that's their responsibility, and they embrace that, preparing our students for the real world, as we would call it. Uh, and they get ta- a taste of that. I've had students that have been very successful that were in theater. They didn't get all the casting. I'll, I'll go back to using my wife. She never got major roles, had some small roles in, in graduate school, and she's gone on to be a successful artist. And again, that was through the guidance of faculty members. But there's also that X factor, right? You have the, some students, the talented ones, that are getting the lead roles and cast and everything, or, uh, or in, any artist who's getting that recognition. And then sometimes they rest on the laurels, and it's harder for them to go out into the industry and get rejected because they were used to that success. You have those other students who, again, have those small supporting roles, but they had that stick to itness and stuck it out, and they're the ones who end up getting work. What excites me with in any any of the arts is that a lot of times you can't dictate who's going to be successful. That's something that has to come from the inside, and you just don't know until you're out there. And again, though, our, our faculty work with these students and get them developed, and again, bringing in guest artists so they can talk with them and and find out how to create their own art and their own work. That's the other thing I would say when a gig is over, then you create your, your own gig. Again, my wife, she, she started her own theater company, her and her best friend. They do one or two shows a year, and they were busy doing other things as well. So, you know, being, learning to be a self-starter, that's why we have the, uh, a leadership degree within the arts in business. So you learn how to run your own business. That's the direction you want to go. For, uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, this last question is run kind of along the lines of, is theater really dead? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we always say that we with a tongue in our cheeks mm-hmm. there because, you know, it's like you hear that from the 60s, you hear that from the 70s. It seems like every 10 years. So here's the question. How do you envision theater will continue in our current environment of the COVID pandemic and the social bubbling of our culture? Oh, good question. Well, in 2018, I went to China to teach stage combat and uh, Suzuki movement. And when I was in the airport, even in the airport when I was in L.A. to to fly over to Sichuan University, people had masks on because they had the, the flu. I can't remember what the flu was earlier. So people were wearing masks. So when I think about theater here, just our society moving forward, 
of course, yes, theaters and dead. I think people are dying to have theater back in their lives. Everyone wants to have live interactions take place. Theater will always be here. It may take different forms. So I, I think some of the positives are now with the pandemic that we're learning how to use tools virtually. So maybe virtually there might be some productions where they're incorporating live performance with virtual performance. But Alice Cooper did that back in the 60s, too. So in some ways, it's, you know, it's it may take on a, it's more of a digital form. His was film. Uh, now it may be a more digital form. And then, uh, you know, I, I feel like that audiences are going to want to see that interaction they're they're want to hear the stories it's it's going to that was my second point they will want to see what came out of this pandemic so it's going to create a lot of interesting art people are going to create films about it people are going to do visual arts people are going to create music their personal experiences from being cooped up in a house for over a year with family members or with the people who are trying to raise their children. And so there's going to be a lot of interesting art that comes out of this, not just theater, but on on every level. So, but back to your question about theater in general, no, it's, 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 it's hibernating right now. And I artists are chomping out the bit to tell their stories because we use stories to help heal, help people move forward, educate, illuminate our fellow man. I can't remember who said it, but you, you can't put a price on the human soul. And, and hopefully through our art, through theater, we can engage and empower people. And theater does that in a way that other, you know, other formats that may not necessarily could do. Harris Smith, Dean of UNM's College of Fine Arts. Thank you for agreeing to podcast with me tonight. Thank you. And this is Albuquerque Now. Oh my God.